Hey, Believers, it's Dr. Shantae, and today's episode of Branding for Believers is brought to you by the DYOB Experience. The DYOB Experience is where I take a group of women entrepreneurs and transform them from the inside out. And actually, this podcast is an excerpt of that conference. I opened the experience with a call to action about answering the call, about answering the calling over our lives. And I'm really excited to share this with you because it gives you a glimpse of what DYOB is all about. And it's a pod class style setting. And so you will definitely hear some live voices and some reactions in the room. And you will also hear a real passion for answering the call and showing up for the people that are waiting for you. So I hope that you will enjoy it. I hope that you will also be merciful because we are in a very different setting than what I'm used to recording in. However, it's definitely worth a listen. And you can also catch this episode on my website, brandingforbelievers.com, and you can see the visual representation of it as well. So enjoy. This is Answering the Call. talk about this morning, answering the call and believing bigger. So four things that we're going to talk about. Number one, what is a calling? Two, we're going to talk about the role of money. Three, we're going to talk about some consequences. So what are the consequences when you don't answer the call? And four, showing your heart. So what is a calling? A calling is a strong inner impulse towards a particular course of action. How many of you feel like you've ever been called to do something? It's amazing. It's a tug like something else you cannot describe. It is something that you cannot, um, that you know didn't generate from yourself. It's something that you literally, it's tantamount to someone saying your name. Mm -hmm. It's almost tantamount to somebody, you know, when you hear your name and you turn around like, somebody call me? Mm -hmm. It's like that, but it's inside and it's internal. So it's a strong inner impulse towards a particular course of action. Some characteristics of a calling, it won't leave you alone, mm-hmm. even when you try to leave it alone. Yes. <laughs> even when you try to say, what up, who, me? No, no, when you're being <coughs> called, it will lay on you. It will rest heavily on your spirit until you answer it. Another characteristics of a calling, nine times out of 10, it's beyond your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So it usually takes you out of some place that you're already comfortable, where you're already situated, and it's beyond what you're usually doing in the trajectory of your everyday life. But the beauty about a calling is, it's also usually in alignment with your gifts. What do I do for a living? Teach. You teach. I teach. Mm-hmm. What am I doing right now? Teaching. Different context. 
same gifts. Yeah. So usually your calling is in alignment with your gifts. Meaning, I haven't been called to do anybody's hair because you don't want me fiddling around, trying to get things together. Don't give me any scissors. Don't give me any clippers. No, I remember once um, I was in charge of a gala and my little sister was gonna be with me. So I was like 26 and she was 16 and she said, Shantae, I want some crimps in my hair. This is back in the day when crimps was something. Mm. And I had myself a little crimp and iron, you know, like an electronic crimp and iron. <laughs> and so I said, okay, do you know I spent an hour on her hair? And I'm not gonna lie, it didn't quite look as we had envisioned that it was going to look. At 16 year old, she turned to me and said, thank you for your time. <laughs> and next thing I know, she had it on ponytail and a bun. I'm like, Damn. So usually your calling is in alignment with your gifts. I'm telling you right now, that's not my gift, okay? Um, usually your calling, it makes sense in your heart, but not in your head. Yeah. It resonates in your heart, but your brain, so if you listen to, to the podcast and you go to like the first three episodes, I talk all about fear and the mental aspect of fear is your brain tries to do you a, a solid. It tries to protect you and it says, hey, what are you doing? This, this might not be safe, you know, and it starts to send these signals that make you second guess. But the calling, it makes sense here. It doesn't always make sense here. Your calling always involves serving other people. Nobody is called to self-service. Nobody is called to self-service. And I'm going to demonstrate that through, through, through the word. And it is usually in alignment with your spirit. Let me tell you about the spirit, okay? In the comic book world, Spider-Man says, my spidey senses are tingling. Mm -hmm. When there's danger around or danger afoot, he says, my spidey senses are tingling. Many of you have children. Yep. When something is not all the way together with your child, your, your mommy senses start tingling like, he didn't sound right, she didn't sound right, he didn't look right. Something's going on. Like there's just something that's, that's innately, and some of you don't have children, some of you have pets. <laughs> you know, it's like, hmm, what's wrong with Fluffy today? Something intuitively says, it speaks to you. Your calling is usually in alignment with your spirit. Your spirit is saying, yes, this is what you should do. Yes, this is the direction that you need to go. So that is a calling. My question is, how many of you have ever done things that are out of alignment with your calling? You weren't called to that. No. You, nobody asked you to do that. No. Okay. And that's, that's the beauty about the spirit. When it's not in alignment, you'll find out real quick. Yep. This is not your lane. Mm -hmm. This was not for you. <laughs> this is powerful. The word says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. The God of the universe has already ordained your purpose. He's just waiting for you to get there. He's just waiting for you to get there. So it's already in the atmosphere. It's already on the way. He's just waiting for you 
to get there. And some of you, even though you have, have started things and you know you have, have moved you know, in that direction, some of you are still trying to get there. But you have not chosen this. He has chosen it for you. He says, I have appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Some of you, if you're struggling, the reason why you might be struggling is because you might be pursuing something that is out of alignment with your calling. Because what this tells me is that when you are in alignment with your calling, when you are doing what you are supposed to do, when you have submitted and, and yielded and said, okay, now what I want to do, I'm going to go ahead and do this, even though I don't know all of the particulars about it. This says, I have chosen you so that you might bear fruit. What does bear fruit mean? This means this isn't a self-serving proposition. This isn't a, let me stack this money, and, and don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with money, but the love of and the pursuit of and the obsession with, mm -hmm. that's a problem. That's a problem. And so when he calls you, he's not calling you for you to sit on the bench. Because every team, they have their starting lineup, but then they have the people that sit on the bench. Every church, you have a main core of people that do the bulk of the work, and everybody else sits on the bench. They sit on the pew. And so he says, I'm not calling you to sit. I'm calling you to do. I'm calling you to produce something, to bear fruit. And so that through that, whatever you ask that is in alignment with what I've called you to do, he says what? I will give it to you. So let's be clear. A calling is not a side hustle. You've invested way too much if you're trying to sell Amway products on the side. It's not a side hustle. It's not a part-time job. It's not a half-hearted commitment. Well, you know, I'm just doing something. I'm just going to just put something out there. That's, this is not that. A calling is not a get-rich-quick scheme. So flipping houses, <laughs> it's, it's not that, okay? It's not an overnight success. Let me repeat that. It's not an overnight right. success, okay? And most importantly, it's not about you. Mm. It is not about you. Whenever you approach your calling with half-hearted devotion, selfish ambition, or greed, you will be disappointed, broke, and frustrated. <laughs> Whenever you approach your calling with half-hearted devotion, selfish ambition, or greed, you will be disappointed, broke, and frustrated. So it's not enough just to do the will, but you also need to do it the way. Because let me tell you, you can do the right thing for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. You can do the right thing for the wrong reasons. And the best example of this that I can give, no shade to anybody in Congress, but think about a politician that's trying to earn votes. He's out there shaking hands, kissing babies, serving the needy, you know, uh, photo ops at the at the, the homeless shelter. And you should do those things. You should get out amongst the people and you should serve. But what's your motive? What's your ambition? 
And so when you set out to do things from that perspective, you're going to be very disappointed with the results. You're gonna have a wake up call. So something that I wanna be clear about and emphasize is that you're not here by accident. You have an assignment that is bigger than you and bigger than the brand that you're building. And your success or failure in embracing the assignment will determine someone else's fate. <coughs> and it is probably someone that you don't even know. Please know, understand, and accept the gravity of the fact that the reason why you're here is because somebody answered the call. I want you to take a moment and I want you to think about influential people that have really impacted your life in a positive way. And if they had not intervened, if they had not stepped in, if they had not stepped up, if they had not said, you know what? I'll do this for you. Where would you be? So I need you to embrace the weight of the fact that when you don't do your part, somebody can't get what you got. It's not about you. And I can back that up. The word says, do nothing out of vain conceit or selfish ambition. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. How many of you have ever known someone who was selfish? Yeah. Self-centered. Yeah. They don't call you unless they want something. Yeah. When you see their number on the caller ID, you're like, Yeah, they are. <laughs> Here I go. Because see, here's the thing about it, is that when I'm talking about transformation and transformation this weekend, I'm not just talking about lip service. I'm not just talking about, look, you're supposed to be telling me how I'm supposed to make more money. I'm gonna tell you something, Amazon.com, Barnes and Noble. If that's really all that you wanted out of this weekend, you can buy that for a lot less than what you paid for here. What I'm trying to get you to understand, what I'm trying to get you to see is that you can have every how-to, every strategy, every book, every class, every coach. If your heart is not in alignment with what you're supposed to be doing and you're not serving from a place of love for others, you will not prosper. You will not prosper. And by prosper, let me clarify that. You know that scripture, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Prosper means it will not do what it was intended to do. In other words, it will not succeed. And so when I say that you will not prosper, you will not do what you were intended to do. You will not succeed when you serve from selfish ambition. You will never attain true riches until you accept and embrace the fact that the real payoff is not financial. I want you to think about the hashtag Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I want you to think about our culture in particular, how many children, how many of our youth, somebody didn't answer the call. Somebody dropped the ball. And so when you drop the ball, when you don't have, you don't show up and have the impact when you don't show up and answer your assignment, 
because it's already in the air and it's already raining and, and millions of people, they just never got there. Fear, doubt, discouragement, this thing or the other thing. In our community, you see the consequences of that. King Solomon, so just in case you're wondering, King Solomon, by the way, I'm in like funky dope love with the Old Testament. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It is the best soap yeah. opera in the history yeah. of soap yeah. opera. It is. Like, yeah. Oh my gosh. No, it's everything. Right. It's a page turner. It's it scandal. Is. It's how to get away with murder. It's all of that. Okay. Like Shonda Rhimes is a plagiarist. Okay. Because all of that stuff was happening way back in the Old Testament. She could okay. be. I don't know. So King Solomon. Okay. This is the son of King David. After David's reign, after David died, and David was a man after God's own heart, like God loved David as a king. So his son Solomon, he said, because I loved your father, and because I made a covenant with him, since you're next up in the rotation, I'm opening up the checkbook. What do you want? At the start of your reign, what do you want? I want you to think about it. If God said, the checkbook is open. Whatever you want, it's yours. Mm. What would you ask him for? Mm. Some of us, in our limited fleshly thinking, but you can run that one billion right now. Thank you. Come again. Appreciate it. You can you can write those. No, that's a so put the com the comma right there, then a period, and then like them two zero. There we go. Thank you, Lord. All right, there we go. It was that type of party. He gave him that type of setup. And Solomon thought a minute and he said, wisdom. He didn't ask for women. He didn't ask for horses. He didn't ask for gold. He didn't ask for a bigger house. He didn't ask for a bigger car. He didn't even ask for health. He asked for wisdom, wisdom discernment, mm -hmm. spiritual guidance. That's what he asked for. And God was so impressed with his request that he gave him a hundredfold any riches of any king that had ever preceded him. Some of us don't have the riches because we don't have the wisdom. Mm -hmm. Some of us don't have the riches because we don't have the wisdom. You're asking for the wrong things. And as long as you believe that money equals security, you will never have either. Because it'll never be enough. As long as you equate money with security, well, I can't be secure unless. I have these many, I have, I have these many dollar signs. I can't be secure unless. Now we might not all read out the same Bible, but the one I read says the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh, and the Lord taketh away. So you could have a million dollars sitting in your bank account right now in a day. Gone. Everything you worked for everything you sacrificed for, every dinner you didn't have with your kids, every date night you couldn't spend with your husband, every, all of it, one day. Yep. If you treated 
your spouse like you treat your client. No, if you treated your clients like you treat your spouse, how long would you be in business? Mm. I got time for you. Mm. If you treated your kids, you know, your clients like you treat your kids, how long would you be in business? Take these chicken nuggets and shut up. <laughs> Those types of sacrifices and for what? But I'm doing this for them, but I'm doing it. Alignment. I said your calling has alignment. And so that's a trick from the pit to work you so hard and so long with the belief that I'm trying to create security. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't create anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you? We live in a world where somebody could be robbing you blind right now with all your credit cards in your wallet. So you don't provide or create any of that. And as long as you think that money equals security, you're never gonna have either one. It'll never be enough. So I want you to take a moment and take stock of the fact of how many people we worship, because there's a money worship in our country. People that you worship, maybe not like, you know, I go to the church of, (laughs) but worship in the sense that you put them on a pedestal and you consider them a success simply because they have money. Oh, she done blew up. She she doing the thing. You know how much money she making now? Money equals success? You think the Kardashians ain't got no problems? Because money solves all the problems, right? And I get urgency. I get, yeah, that sounds good, but you haven't seen my son's tuition bill. Yeah, that sounds good, but you haven't seen um, the rent and the lease that's due on my business for this brick and mortar building that I have and, this, and, and these things. You haven't seen the overhead. You haven't seen the tax bill. You haven't seen the, no, I haven't seen it, but you know who has? Mm-hmm. You know who saw it before you saw it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Money is not security. Right. You have to be in alignment. You have to get your head on straight. When you serve from a place of calling instead of a place of cashing in, your whole trajectory is different. And the thing is, God is just waiting on you to get it. It's like, I was waiting on you. It was already there. I was just waiting on you to get there. So there's a difference between serving from an abundance mindset and serving (coughs) from a scarcity mindset. You know what scarcity is? And Tasha's gonna talk about this quite a bit tomorrow. But the scarcity mindset is, I barely got what I got, so let me hold on to it with clenched fists, white knuckles, because I don't know when I'm gonna get it again. That's scarcity. You know, when you have a lot of something, you don't mind giving. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I don't care. Got hundreds of those, take one. But when you're on your last one, you're like, uh-uh, I can't do that. It's a totally different mindset. And so some of you, the reason why you don't have the riches is because you're serving from the, uh-uh, I can't give. I can't, uh-uh. I can't. One of our power partners, Danny, she walked in a few moments ago. She coined this phrase, oh, you're going to stand in the corner with your crumbs? <laughs> That's a scarcity mindset. You're going to stand in the corner with your crumbs. And I'm not saying give away all your value for free. I'm saying the mindset. Because you attract 
what you think about. And so if you are serving from a place of attitude, a place of scarcity, a, 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 a space of where am I going to get the next da 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 you're going to struggle. The word says that birds have nests, foxes have holes, but the son of man doesn't have a place to lay his head. So why should we worry about what we're gonna eat or what we're gonna drink or how we're gonna dress ourselves? Fast forward, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all, what does all mean? All. All means what? All. All other things will be added unto you. And we might know that intellectually. I need you to know it right here. Because he knows the difference. You can say whatever you want to say to me. He knows the difference. And when you get it here, change like you have not experienced in your life before. So let's talk about consequences for a minute. What happens when you don't answer the call? When you say, forget this, I mean, I hear what you're saying, and it's not that I don't believe it, I don't subscribe to it, but I'm looking at, I'm looking at my circumstances. I'm looking at what I got going on right here, right now. And I just, I'm not gonna be able to do it or I'll do it later, or I'll delay, or I'll defer. This is a very famous Norman Rockwell painting. Do you know who this is in this picture? Ruby Bridges. Why is Ruby Bridges famous? Danielle. She was the first black child to go to an all-white school after desegregation, okay? And so this pretty much captures what her life was like that first day of school. This pretty much captures what she had to endure that first day of school. Escorted by federal marshals, people calling her nigger this and nigger that. A child, a child. And yet, her parents, I want you to think about that. How many of you would send your child out there, the lamb, basically to the slaughter, to be the first one? Somebody had to be the first one so we all could go. Somebody had to answer the call so we all could go. But see, that's not where the story ends. This is what I want you to get. You know Ruby Bridges, but do you know who Barbara Henry is? She's the only white teacher that would teach her. Wow. Only one teacher, Barbara Henry, agreed to teach Ruby. She was from Boston and a new teacher to the school. Mrs. Henry, as Ruby would call her, even as an adult, greeted her with open arms. Ruby was the only student in Henry's class because parents pulled out or threatened to pull out their children from Ruby's class and send them to other schools. For a full year, Henry and Ruby sat by themselves in a classroom, side by side, as Henry was very loving and supportive of Ruby, helping her not only with her studies, but also with the difficult experience of being ostracized. That's answering the call. That's answering the call. Not only did Ruby have to step up in the bravery of a child, but somebody had to cross over from comfort zone, cross over from complacency, cross over from, 
I'm getting paid to teach a kid. Cross over from the norm, cross over from the usual. And for a full school year, those of you that have children, think about your child sitting in a classroom by themselves because the other kids won't touch them, would spit on them, wouldn't share a lunch with them, wouldn't, you know, help them if they trip and skin they need by themselves for one full year. And think about the teacher and the teacher's lounge and the phone calls and the threats and the name calling for a full year. That's answering the call. And I know that sometimes we sit and we think like, oh, well, that was the 70s, that was the 60s. <laughs> Hashtag Black Lives Matter. Don't think we've come so far. Don't think we've gotten so removed. We haven't gotten that removed. We still need you to answer the call. Get out your pocketbook and get in your purpose. Answer the call. It's ringing. Answer the call. Any of you ever been in a house where the, back in the days when we had house phones, when we had landlines, I know this is a new day, but you ever been in that place where, you know, the phone was ringing and you, it's ringing, ringing, and you had, is somebody gonna answer the phone? Mm -hmm. That urgency, that blaring, that ring, ring, that incessant, persistent, loud ring, answer the call. Somebody on the other line has not hung up because they're waiting for you to answer the call. Why am I here? I'm answering the call. You called me. You called me. You said, Dr. Shante, I'm struggling. Dr. Shante, I'm broke. Dr. Shante, I don't know which way to turn. Dr. Shante, answer the call. Do it. Answer the call. Somebody needs you to show up. And I know the enemy tried, and I know he tried. We can fill up this room with all the things that happened so that you wouldn't be here this morning. Because the enemy knows if you answer the call, transformation is going to happen. Prosperity is going to happen. Breakthroughs are going to happen. Chains are going to be broken. Lives are going to be changed. Black lives are actually going to matter if you answer the call. So he tried to keep you from getting here. He tried to keep you so focused on your bills and your pocketbook and what you don't have and the rent and all of that to keep you from being here. But I'm telling you, this is not an accident. He needs you to answer the call. Jesus. Ruby Bridges, years later, she says that Barbara Henry, she showed me her heart. She said, in everything you do or aspire to be, you will have the opportunity to so show someone your heart and it will impact them in ways that you cannot imagine. Never missed one day of school. 
Why? Because this woman had the wherewithal to show her heart. Thank you for watching and listening Branding for Believers. You can get all of today's show notes at brandingforbelievers.com. And you can follow Dr. Shante on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Shante Says. And don't forget to tune in for the next episode. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening.